The information presented in this podcast is intended to be for entertainment and educational purposes only. It should never be used in place of advice given by a mental health or medical professional or as a substitute for mental health treatment. If you're struggling with a mental health issue, please seek professional help. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Fangirl Business. I'm Catherine. And I'm Krisha. And in this little mini extra, we are going to be talking about episode 10 of Supernatural's 15th season called The Hero's Journey. And in this little special edition, we're going to talk about some nerd stuff. Yes. The academic fangirls are coming out for this one. We're going to talk a little bit about the different components of this episode. Some literary stuff, some title card stuff, some music stuff. Just taking a look at all the things that frame the episode without getting into the episode itself, but informs and is just, I don't know, fun. So Yes. It's super fun. (laughs) And we hope that you'll have fun with us. It's going to be a musical, literary, audio, visual extravaganza. Yeah. (laughs) Nerd fest. Yes. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. Sounds good. You noticed something in the title card this time. I did. It was me. It was you. Yeah. (laughs) So how about you tell us about it? Because it was super exciting. Yeah. So it's funny because it was a complete accident. I just happened to pause it as I was watching through it because I had that thought as it was going. And I was like, man, I should see what I can find in the title card since you've been finding so much good stuff. And it just happened to pause on this image, which we will post on Twitter. Mm -hmm. At first, I thought it was the angel wings from the title card from season nine and then the more i looked at it it's in that exact same shape except it's clouds opening Mm. up to blue sky the black goo as it sits there and pulses it eventually catches fire Mm -hmm. and then there's this flash and in the flash and it's really for like a split second because i tried to find it again and couldn't Mm. it's really fast it's that same wing shape and it's the similar colors even because it's that fire but opening up it looks like blue skies with sun Mm -hmm. and i was like hmm for context all of the stuff that we've talked about from before has come before the goo right and this is coming after the goo yes right Mm -hmm. okay so after we've seen the supernatural and the goo is kind of swirling around and then it Mm -hmm. smolders and then there's this it explodes yeah i'm gonna be honest with you krisha when you first said that this was what you found and then you sent me just the picture of what that was i was like what is she talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And then you found the season nine title card. That's the one where they have the burnt angel wings Mm -hmm. and they're spread out. And everything about the shape of this is the same. Yeah. It's identical. (laughs) But in this one, it's almost like clouds but you can Mm -hmm. still see the shape of wings Mm -hmm. like you can still see barely almost feathers that are spreading out yeah and what i thought was really interesting was that in the season nine image it's a gray almost hazy foggy smoky kind of background in this one it's blue skies yeah and in the season nine title card there are parts of the feathers that are still smoldering and in this they're highlighted with pink 
And I was thinking of healing because when you heal, mm. your skin goes pink. And I was yeah. like, ooh, ooh. So we've got blue skies and healing colors and wings. And I went, hmm. like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Did you make a similar sound? <laughs> well, I guess for my own personal context, we will just say that my kid didn't sleep last night at all. So I got maybe two broken hours of sleep. And so when we're discussing an episode that already feels like a fever dream, but I'm doing it when I'm so tired, I feel kind of high. Mm-hmm. I found the season nine title card today and was just like, huh. <laughs> so I'm just like, what? <laughs> Am I hallucinating? But it's totally a thing. <laughs> I had to send it to you to make sure I wasn't hallucinating. <laughs> no, no. I was wondering until you sent me the season nine one for comparison. And then I was like, it's the exact same shape. It's just different colors. But Krisha, you know what else I noticed about the angel wings? Hmm. They're pink and purple and the sky is blue. <laughs> So I had a moment about that, too. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I think. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yep. My mind went towards what Jack said in season 12 when he was still in utero. He promised Cass paradise, which is why Cass moved to protect him. So I saw blue skies and sun and angel wings and was like, oh, are we going to get paradise from Jack? My brain did the same thing. But the first thing it did was healing because yeah. mm-hmm. it's bothered me that Jack was a Nephilim who could make new angels, but he never healed anybody's wings. It's just like nobody ever thought to ask him. And he's just a two-year-old kid, so he didn't think of it because he doesn't know what he can do and can't do. Like, he didn't know he could make angels. But I feel sad for Cass walking around with these mangled wings that we can't see, but I'm guessing he can feel. Hmm. And so I've wanted his wings to be healed for forever. So when I was thinking of wings being healed, I was immediately thinking of Jack because he can make new angels. So couldn't he make wings whole again if he can make a human into an angel that was where my brain went with it yeah because he didn't know he could do that until after his soul was gone Mm-hmm. exactly huh. he had no clue i mean nobody knew what he could do yeah nobody had any idea of what his limits were or what his power is we still don't know which is part of why it's so exciting mm-hmm. and when i saw the blue skies i was like well that's a metaphor if ever i saw it <laughs> Especially when you contrast it with the season nine title card where it's just gray, smoky, hazy stuff to have the blue sky. I was just like, it's hope. Yeah. It's the beautiful future that awaits them. Yes. Let's have this be a real thing, please. And not just my hopeful mind. It's coming out of the empty. And it's coming out of the empty. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very exciting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought that next we could talk about the hero's journey, which is the title of the episode. And I was like, that sounds really familiar. Why does it sound so familiar? And then I was like, that's a literary thing. Is it? And then I was like, that's a Joseph Campbell thing. And my graduate English brain kicked in. So I looked it up and was like, okay, I am right. 
So Joseph Campbell wrote in 1949 a really famous book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And basically he argues in this book that from legends to modern day epic stories, there is a similar pattern that heroes follow on their journey from normal life to adventure and back again. And so that's why he was saying it's the hero with a thousand faces, because all of these different heroes are following the same path, the same story arc. Hmm. Yeah, it's really kind of cool, actually. And so a part of his book described the hero's journey. And usually it's only one person, not two. So it's slightly different than the way that they have it written in the title because we have two heroes. I was sitting there going, ooh, they're doing a thing there, which is very meta. (laughs) And typically the hero's journey is you start off in the normal world. You have a call to adventure. Sometimes they reject that call. Sometimes they don't. Then they cross the threshold. There are often guides and then they go through a whole bunch of stuff eventually they return home. But Supernatural actually follows that hero's journey, Mm -hmm. particularly relating to Sam. So the call to adventure is something happens to call the character out of their normal life. So in season one, we have Dean asking Sam's help to find their dad, which takes him away from Stanford. And then often there's a refusal of the call that happens next, which is Sam's return to Stanford and Jessica. And then... The next step is crossing the threshold. You stop rejecting the call, something happens to make you change your mind as the hero, and then you cross the threshold into a different world, a world that is not the world of normal everyday things, and go out and follow your calling to adventure. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the we've got work to do moment at the end of episode one after Jessica has died is that moment for Sam. So our characters have followed that same journey. But usually the hero's journey is a story about the main characters coming to some sort of empowerment and balance and finding themselves and coming into who they are in a new way. In this episode, they were inverting that completely. (laughs) I found that really interesting because we're at the end of our journey, right? We're in the last season now. So we should be getting to the point where they become a master of two worlds the world of adventure and the world of home, they're able to transition seamlessly between the two of them. And then they have freedom to live is the last step. Basically, in the freedom to live, they lose their fear of death. And so they're able to just live. So you'd be expecting at this point, our characters to be coming into their own, losing a lot of their fear. And instead, In this episode, they're completely questioning everything that they knew about themselves ever again. And they're regressing in terms of their ability and what they can achieve. And the other thing is they can't handle the mundane stuff or the adventure stuff. Both of them they can't do anymore. So it was this total inversion of the hero's journey, which I was like, ha, Dab did a thing. (laughs) So that's interesting. Is it death specifically that they stop being afraid of? Yes. According to the quick little research that I did on it, because most of the stuff that I did as a graduate student really had to do with the beginning of the adventure. Mm -hmm. I just did a quick little perusal of the end stuff. And yeah, that was something that was mentioned specifically, which I thought was very interesting, right? Right. Dean has never been really afraid of death as a concept as a person sure they're 
super scary. He's pretty wigged out by old death, and I'm sure he's fairly wigged by new death. But <laughs> he has never been afraid of dying, really, because he doesn't value himself enough. He's been afraid to live. He's been afraid to be himself. And I feel like they touched on pieces of that and they have been all season. So in season three, he was terrified. That's because he was going to hell. I don't think he was ever afraid of death. He was afraid of hell. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. If they're doing a thing, I could see it being the opposite. Like it's not him being afraid to die. It's him being afraid to really live. So Mm. I don't know. Playing with concepts. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Keep going fascinating they also did fun stuff with the music yeah they did right yeah they had three different songs in this episode and they were all just very pointed songs we'll just touch upon the first song and the last song the first song i was like what is that it's so familiar in the opening scene when they have the big fight between the wraith and the werewolf when they get into a real fight the background noise mutes and then this beautiful piano music comes up and (laughs) plays for the rest of that scene. called Claire de Lune by Claude Debussy from 1905. And the title means Moonlight. And they're playing it over top of a werewolf fighting. <laughs> I just... That is hilarious because it's also from Ocean's Eleven. The whole style of the episode definitely had a lot of Ocean's Eleven nods to it, including that song. Ooh. So there's that extra layer that's hilarious. So it's doing double work. Yeah. <laughs> of course it is of course it is of course it is and then of course also it serves as this really cool contrast with the action that's happening which is a musical trope that different shows use a lot when something really horrific or scary is happening they'll play really soothing classical music Mm -hmm. because it sort of serves to contrast between what you're seeing and what you're hearing and it's a jarring kind of effect So, yeah. So they were doing a thing there that was kind of fun. And I'm so glad that you brought up the Ocean's Eleven thing because that makes a lot of sense. With the rewinds and Mm -hmm. the flashes back to show you how things happened. That is such an Ocean's Eleven thing. Ha! The constant eating. Dean was eating like the whole episode. He had something in his mouth all the time, which was very Brad Pitt. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Brad Pitt was eating all through those movies. Okay. (laughs) Poor 
guy, right? Like if you have to pretend to eat all mm-hmm. the time on set while being a movie star. Which is a very Dean Winchester thing to do. It wasn't like it was out of character for him to be eating all the time. But Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, like... It was so great. <laughs> a lot of those moments were very much like the chipmunk cheeks from the first episode with Gabriel, mm-hmm. where he's just the trickster at that stage. And right. Dean has his face full of chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> quite wonderful oh man that's makes the best world cheese yeah you ate like seven of them oh i'm a grown boy at some point we have to take a minute just to indulge in the laughter of this like we're such nerds that we came out of this hilarious <laughs> episode and we're doing the academic stuff because it's fascinating but like it was a funny episode it, it was really a was funny, funny funny episode <laughs> And it was quirky funny Mm -hmm. and over-the-top slapstick funny. Like, there are a lot of different kinds of humor that they used in it, which I enjoyed. Yes. But yeah, my academic brain is just like, let's take apart all the individual pieces and figure it all out and how it worked and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm there. And like, literally, I put in humor as a topic for our outline as an afterthought. (laughs) (laughs) That's how much of a nerd I am. It's so obvious, right? I mean... (laughs) Yeah. You know, you either thought it was funny or you didn't. But right. I certainly thought it was funny. My stomach hurt at the end from laughing so hard. I enjoyed it. Immensely. Yes. Yeah. And then at the end, they have Werewolves of London, which is a Warren Zevin song from 1978. And I mean, they have that literally set yeah. with two werewolves dancing with each other <laughs> in the window. It's it so was cute. so cute. And so on the nose, like everything uh-huh. about this episode was just on the nose, mm-hmm. intentionally over the top on the nose, which I really enjoyed about it. It was fun. So I think we will wrap it there for our Nerd Fest episode, which mm-hmm. we had a lot of fun with. Yeah, we for did. sure. And up next, we will talk about the episode itself, all of the actual content, the dialogue, the action, all of that kind of stuff. And you can message us and stay up to date with the latest on our Twitter page at the Fangirl Biz. And we will see you again soon. Until then, carry on, weary friends. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. gonna just do the regular thing we're gonna do the thing okay we're gonna do the thing it's gonna be fine it's gonna be good okay yeah (laughs) here we go